joining in this morning, Faith Baptist Church live stream, week number seven of online church. You know, they say if you can do something several days in a row and do something for a few weeks in a row, then it begins to develop a habit. Well, it's my prayer during this time that the only habits we're developing is things like good daily Bible reading habits and good daily prayer time habits and some good devotion time habits and some good I can't wait to get back to church habits don't get used to doing church with your coffee in your pajamas because I think we're winding this thing down soon enough we're all going to get to come together in the house of the Lord and gather together for worship and I'm excited about it I was looking at um some papers and some old things you know to find old stories and old stuff to use for the devotions and even for a message to look back at old stuff it involves reading a lot of old articles and different things and so I was looking at an old paper and seeing as how we've been cooped up in the house for about seven or eight weeks and not to mention the fact that I didn't foreknow that we were going to have some technical difficulties this morning with with some some of the media but I thought it'd be good if you had a little something to laugh at so we might as well laugh at ourselves. these are church bulletin bloopers that was posted in a paper a few years ago this one says, the scouts are saving aluminum cans, bottles, and other items to be recycled. Proceeds will be used to help crippled children. The pastor would appreciate it if the ladies of the congregation would lend them their electric girdles for the pancake breakfast next Sunday morning. Anybody know what electric girdles are? Our youth basketball team is back in action Wednesday at 8 p.m. in the Recreation Hall. Come and watch us kill Christ the King. The peacemakers meeting scheduled for today has been canceled due to conflict. Oh, remember in prayer the many who are sick of our community. Smile at someone who is hard to love and say hell to someone who doesn't care about you pretty sure there's supposed to be an O on the end of that, but it's amazing how important it can be to leave out one letter. This one says, for those of you who have children and don't know it, we have child care downstairs. Next Thursday, there'll be tryouts for the choir. They need all the help they can get. <laughs> At the evening service tonight, the sermon topic is, what is hell? Come early and listen to the choir practice. <laughs> this evening at 7 p.m., there will be a hymn singing in the park across from the church. Bring a blanket and come prepared to sin. Again, it's pretty important <laughs> to put that one letter on the tail end of things. Weight Watchers. <laughs> I'll not read this one. Weight Watchers will meet at 7 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church. Please, please use the large double-door entrance at the side of the building. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. The sermon this morning. <laughs> the sermon this morning, Jesus walks on the water. The sermon for tonight, searching for Jesus. Okay, I'm sorry, church, we need, we need to do a better job. 
for posting our information, but hey, we ought to be able to laugh at ourselves. We got a lot to laugh about and a lot to be joyful about. Man, it might be some shelter in place and some shut in, but my soul is purchased. My soul has been ransomed. I am redeemed. I'm washed in the blood. I'm headed to heaven when I die. Nothing can take it away. Nothing can hold it back. Nothing can change it. All of my sin, all of my past has been forgiven. Even if I make another mistake tomorrow, it'll be forgiven through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We got some things to be happy about. We got some things to be shouting about. We got some things to be joyful about. So this morning, let's just rejoice in the Lord. Amen. So if you want to turn in your Bibles this morning, I'm going to be in the book of Exodus chapter 28. I'm going to spend the entire morning in the book of Exodus. So you're not going to have to do a quiz this morning and move around a lot. I'll do a few chapters, but I'm going to camp out there in chapter 28. I want to look at a message this morning on pay attention to the details. God, thank you so much for being so good. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you that I can stand here redeemed. Thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ tuned in literally around the world with all possibilities, God, that we can come together in all places, all redeemed of the same blood, bought with the same price, purchased by the same king. God, thank you so much for loving us, so much in spite of us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you for the joy in our heart, God, and thank you for this time, Lord. I pray you take it as we look at your word. I pray that you take this message, this lesson, God, I pray you'd bless it to your people. May it be an encouragement and a help and a hope. And may it help us, God, to go forward telling others about the goodness of God. Lord, we love you. You've been so good to us. We thank you. We trust you. We praise you, God, for you alone are worthy. In the precious holy name of Jesus, amen. Well, in Exodus chapter 19, the Lord came down to Mount Sinai. He called Moses and told him to come on up, that he had some instructions for him. So in chapter 19, he goes up in chapter 20. God gives Moses all of the Ten Commandments. And then in chapters 21, 22, and 23, he gives him the laws of the covenant. And I was going to read a lot of stuff to you, but this message was getting so long, I wasn't going to be able to preach it. So we'll just highlight some of it. Chapter 24, Moses gives a sacrifice concerning the covenant. Verse number 6 of chapter 24. I'll be at chapter 28 just a minute. Hold your place. Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, and half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. He took the book of the covenant and read it in the audience of the people, and they said, All that the Lord hath said we will do and be obedient. Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, Behold the blood of the covenant which the Lord hath made with you concerning all these words. In chapter number five, or chapter 25, God gave Moses the law concerning the sacrifice. And in verse number 8, he said, Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And then he begins to give them all the instructions and details of how to build this sanctuary. He gave him all information about the tent, the outer surroundings, the cross tent, the height of it, the gates, everything that is to be made out of. He gave him all the information about the outer court and the inner court and the Holy of Holies. He gave him the information uh, uh, about the Ark of the Covenant and, and the cherubims and, and the earthly picture of the mercy seat that was there. So chapters 25, 26, and 27, God gives him all of the instructions on how to build this in detail. But then we get to chapter 28, and this is what I want to look at <coughs> this morning. I, I will tell you this. I was actually working on a morning devotion, and I had been praying. I said, God, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what you want me to preach Sunday morning, Lord. I've been 
studying and I'm doing devotions. And this was all, this is probably 5.30ish in the morning. This is prior to the devotion. I'm asking God, what do you want for your people on Sunday morning? And, and I actually, just to share, but I actually, in, in my prayer, I said, God, obviously I'm your servant. I will preach anything you want me to preach. You want me to preach on hell? I'll preach on hell. You want me to preach on how vile and wicked and what sinners we are? I'll preach on how vile and wicked for we, we already know, God. And I don't mind. I'll preach anything. You just tell me what you want. But, God, if it be your will, if it be your will, I, I would love it if you would give me something encouraging for your people. So I worked on the devotion, and I'm putting up the devotion. And at the end, I got to the trivia question. And so I'm trying to think of a good trivia question. And I came up with a trivia question. How many stones are associated with the breastplate of the high priest? And I thought about even making it a multiple choice. And, you know, is it 12, 14, 16, or none of the above? But before you can put a, a devotion out, you've got to do a lot of studying. And then before I can put a trivia question out, I've got to make sure that I fully understand the whole answer to put it out because I want to come back with the answer and it be a blessing. I want it to be something I can share. So I began studying Exodus chapter 28, and from that I had to back up, and I wound up reading all eight, actually nine chapters here in Exodus to get a picture. But what I realized is when I got through that God wasn't giving me the answer to a trivia question. God was giving me what I had asked him to give me, an encouragement for his children. So this morning here in chapter 28, we'll start in verse number 1. It says, it take, unto thee, <coughs> or take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with them from among the children of Israel, that he may be a minister to me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother for glory and for beauty. There's a reason why that they're making them. It says, Now shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make. So God has come down to Mount Sinai. He's called Moses up. He's given him the instructions for the covenant, the instructions for the sacrifice. He's given him the instructions for the temple and the furniture and all the things associated there with the temple. And now he's given him instructions for the clothing that the high priest is to wear. God says, a breastplate and an ephod and a robe and a broidered coat, a mitre and a girdle, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And they shall take gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. So God specifically names five colors, five things that go into these garments. That's important because in the word of God, the number five represents grace. Verse number six, they shall make the ephod of gold, of blue, of purple, of scarlet and fine linen with cunning work. Now, Here's where the answer begins to what was going to be the trivia question about the stones. It shall have two shoulder pieces thereof joined at the two edges thereof, and <clears throat> so shall it be joined together. And the curious girdle of the ephod, which is upon it, shall be of the same according to the work thereof, even of gold, of blue, of purple, and scarlet, and fine twine linen. Now, a curious girdle, that word curious doesn't mean quite like it does in our English language. A curious girdle is either a belt, or a shoulder strap. It is a tie strap that goes around the waist that is interlaced together. So what God is telling them is to take 
these four colors and intertwine, interlace them together and use these colors to put it together. Now, you got to think of the colors that God said. Number one, he said use gold. Well, gold is a picture of God's deity and it is a picture of God's love. Gold is considered to be the most valuable of the resources. So we look at gold being first because God's love is the most valuable resource we have. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everything hinges on God's love. Creation was on God's love. Redemption is on God's love. Our future eternity is promised because of God's love. So we see gold first, but then we have the color blue. The color blue represents heaven, the things which are above. It is representing the abode of God, and it represents the things that God has in store for his children, the things that God has in store, I hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God has got some things planned. And then we have the color purple. The color purple, of course, is deity. I know we shared before we talked about Lydia, and the, she was a seller of the color purple, and how the color purple it represents royalty <coughs> and extremely wealthy because it was an extremely expensive dye they had to catch this little gel fish and extract uh, a gel out of him so it was very difficult to get um, it was very limited in supply so it was a very costly color and it was only for the extremely wealthy but it, it became a color of royalty and we we have the love of God the reminder of the heavenly things and then we have the reminder of the supreme royalty of God then we have scarlet Scarlet is the red. The red, of course, points to the atoning sacrifice, which is to come. And that's just in the shoulder strap. That, that's just in the belt, the thing to put together, that we have the love of God. The, the picture, the blue, the picture of where God dwells, the heavenly things, a reminder of royalty, that would point to the Messiah, which is to come in the day that they are here. And then we have the scarlet, which is the atoning sacrifice. But then the fifth thing is fine linen. Fine linen points somebody ought to get happy i wish we had somebody in here to go ahead and just do a lap around the church fine linen points to the righteous one and to the righteousness that he imputes into those that love him so he's already planning on making us righteous all the way back when he's just putting this little shoulder strap together verse number nine he goes on and says thou shalt take two onyx stones engrave on them the names of the children of israel six other names on one stone and other six names on, of the rest on the other stone according to their birth with the work of an engraver in stone like the engravings of a signet thou shalt engrave the two stones with the names of the children of israel thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold now the word ouches comes from a, a hebrew word that simply means the setting of gems it derives from a word that means to be intertwined so what god tells moses is to take these two stones and have them professionally engraved use those that i've given the talent and he says do it like a signet now a signet's important it's kind of like you talk about the the king had the ring it was a signet ring it is raised and it, and it would put a, a sign on something like a king would write a letter and he would roll it up and put it and take wax from a candle and put the wax there to seal it closed and just before it hardened he would stamp his signet ring. That meant that it was stamped by the king and no one 
could break that seal except for the person that it was brought to. So he says, I want you to make it like a, a signet, and then I want you to take, and I want you to intertwine these stones into the shoulder strap. So we have two stones already associated with the garment. And, and then in verse number 12, thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod of a memorial unto the children of Israel, and Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. Thou shalt make ouches of gold and two chains of pure gold at the ends of wreathen work shalt thou make them and fasten the wreathen chains to the ouches. Now, it's not talking about gold chains like people wear around their neck. It's not even talking about the mineral called gold. The word used here refers to the color of gold or something shimmering. The word used here for chain if, if you look, another translation, that word is like a garland. So what we're talking about here is more like a small rope. The, the, the word that he uses is a chain. And then the word pure that he used here means ceremonial. So the instructions are to make this, this dense, thick rope in, in gold in solid color, or these latches are to be in solid gold, to use them as fasteners of the shoulder strap to fasten these two. So you have the multicolored strap that comes to these solid gold latches in verse number 15 thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment so now he comes to the breastplate itself make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work after the work of an ephod after of the ephod shalt thou make it of gold of blue of purple and of scarlet and of fine twine linen shalt thou make it four square it shall be being doubled a span shall be the length thereof and a span shall be the breadth thereof. A span is the span of a man's hand. That is a span. So God says, I want you to double it. I want you to same, same colors. And I want you to make it that high and that wide. And I want you to make it perfectly square and make it with the, with the exact dimensions that I give you. Verse number 17, thou shalt set it in the set, set in it settings of stones, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be sardius, topaz, and carbuncle. This shall be the first row. The second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. I'm, it doesn't say it, but I'm pretty sure that was a row put in for the women. The third row, a, a ligure, an agate, and an amethyst. The fourth row, a barrel, and an onyx, and a jasper. And they shall be set in gold in their enclosings. So they're to take the gold thread, solid gold thread, and make like a little pouch to tie each of the 12 stones into place with the solid gold thread. Again, what you're doing is taking the 12 tribes of Israel, each one is symbolic in a stone, and you're wrapping them in gold, which is representing the love of God. God says, take them in my love, wrap them in my love, and put them there on it. And the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, 12 according to their names, like the engravings of a signet, every one with his name, shall they be according to the 12 tribes. So God says, I want two stones in the shoulder strap. I want all 12 of the children of Israel's names. I want six on one side and six on the other. And then in the breastplate itself, I want to name them again. I want one stone for every tribe, and I want you to put their names on each one of them. Verse number 22 says, Thou shalt make upon the breastplate. So that means that there is a pouch on the breastplate. It is upon. He's putting a pouch on the breastplate. It says, Chains at the ends of wreathen work of pure gold. Now these chains are of wreathen work, which is a thread. It is a cord. It's a string. It means something tightly woven. So God says, don't just make some little cheap string. I want it tightly woven. I want it done right. 
<clears throat> Verse number 23, thou shalt make upon the breastplate two rings of gold, and thou shalt put the two rings at the ends of the breastplate. The word for rings here comes from a word that means fasteners. God says there's got to be some fasteners. So we're going to hook this breastplate to the shoulder straps. The word gold is the same word used in reference to the color gold. So there's these two gold rope fasteners to put it together. Verse number 24, thou shalt put the two wreathen chains of gold in the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate. <clears throat> on the other two ends, or on the other two ends of the two wreathen chains, thou shalt fasten in the two ouches and put them in the shoulder pieces of the ephod before it. Thou shalt make two rings of gold, and thou shalt put them upon the two ends of the breastplate and the border thereof, which is in the side of the ephod inward. The two other rings of gold shalt thou make, and shalt put them on the two sides of the ephod underneath toward the forepart thereof, over against the other coupling thereof, above the curious girdle of the ephod. They shall bind the breastplate by the rings thereof unto the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue. That's important. He puts the color that it may be above the curious girdle of the ephod and that the breastplate be not loosed from the ephod. God says, I don't want this stuff coming apart. Verse number 29. Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of the judgment upon his heart when he goeth into the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. So we see that not only is there great detail in how the garments are made, but there is a great reason as to why the garments have to be made exactly the way God wants them to be made. Verse number 30, Thou shalt put a, in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children upon Israel, up, up, upon his heart before the Lord continually. Now, the Urim and the Thummim, these are decision-making stones. You notice the Lord doesn't describe these. He doesn't talk about to go get these. They already have these. He says, put the Urim and the Thummim there. So this isn't a new stone. This is what God already uses. I say decision-making stones, and to be honest, for lack of a better example and, and a bit of a cheap example, if you will, it's kind of like heads and tails. The, the priest would go before God and seek an answer, and he would assign one answer to one stone and another answer to another stone, and they would put those stones in the pouch, and they would pray about that until God told them it was time to pull out a stone. And whichever stone they pulled out, that was God's answer. It was a lot like casting lots in the day. You have to understand, that was a line of communication that God used with them back in the Old Testament. So it's not just like flipping a coin for pure luck today. They were seeking God's will, God's desire. So they already had this Urim and the Thummim. He says, take these two stones and put them there. So we have two stones in the shoulder strap. Two stones, the number two can be union or division. And then he says that there's 12 stones in the breastplate. The number 12 represents governmental perfection in the Word of God. You take the 12 and the 2 and put them together, you get the number 14, which represents deliverance in the Word of God. And he says, I want them brought before me that, that they may be before me continually. But then you've got the two more stones in the Urim and the Thummim that you put into place. And what we find is the full circle of everything. There's 16 stones fully associated. God started these instructions with the color of gold. Use the color of gold and add everything else. Gold represents the love of God, and he said, this is where we're going to start this thing. And it ends up with 16 stones, and in the word of God, 
the number 16 represents love. So God shows us through this that everything he does is because of love. We've come this far. Let me go ahead and read the rest of it. You have the answer to the trivia question that I never even got to ask. There would be 16 total stones associated with the garment. <clears throat> but verse number 31, thou shalt make the robe of the ephod all of blue. Again, a picture of heavenly things. There shall be an hole in the top of it. If it's a robe to put on, it's going to have a hole that he can put it on to put his head through. There shall be a hole in the top of it in the midst thereof, and it shall have a binding of woven work round about the whole of it, as it were the whole of an habergen, that it be not rent. Binding of woven work. That means that there's to be a seam around the neck of this thing, but it isn't just a little old cheesy seam. God says, make sure it doesn't tear. Make it like the whole of an habergen. Well, I didn't know what that was, so I start looking it up, and, and I find that it comes from a Hebrew word that is also talking about it. It means a, a linen corslet. Well, I looked up corslet in the old in the Oxford English Dictionary, and it is a piece of defensive armor covering the upper area of the body. So the more I studied that, what it is, it is the upper portion of armor. You remember like the knights, um, how they wore a coat of armor, a suit of armor. They had the helmets. Some of them just had like a coat of mail, the, the metal that went over them. But the corslet is that upper body armor that covers everything. And he said, make it so that the hole in the top of that thing, that being iron, it had a hole that they could put it on, put their arms through it and put it down. It would cover their head. Being iron, that thing is not going to tear. God said, I want you to make it as tough as that so that around the neck there's never a tear in this garment. Verse number 33, beneath upon the hem of it thou shalt make pomegranates of blue, of purple, and of scarlet round about the hem thereof, and bells of gold between them round about. A golden bell and a pomegranate. A golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe round about. Now, a pomegranate being a fruit, that means that there's like this little round bell that they hang off the hem. They're around the bottom of the hem. So you're going to have a, a, a little gold ball that's going to be blue, and then you're going to have a golden bell. Then you're going to have purple, then you're going to have a golden bell. And then you're going to have red, and then you're going to have a golden bell. And he says, put those all around the bottom of the hem. Remember, this thing was for beauty and for holiness when God started putting this thing together. Now, the bells were there. They were representative, of course, of the love of God. But as the priest went and did his duty with this robe on, the bells would ring. And it was really important once a year when he went into the Holy of Holies to make a sacrifice, an atonement for the sins of all of the people. Before the high priest could go in, he had to make sacrifices for himself. He had to do everything right to get everything right between he and God. He could not walk into the presence of God with sin in his life. So he had to make all of the atonements for himself before he could go into the Holy of Holies. No one else could go in there, only the high priest once a year. So as he went behind the veil into the place of the Ark of the Covenant, there at the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies, in the presence of God himself, as he moved about doing his priestly duties, the bells would be ringing behind the veil. The bells had a purpose. If they ever stopped ringing, that meant he wasn't moving. And if they didn't move long enough, that meant that he went behind the veil with sin in his life, and God killed him for coming in his presence without having the sin atoned first. There'd be a rope on his ankle because no one else could go in. They'd have to drag, drag him back out. So what we have in verse number 35, we're almost done. It shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard 
when he goeth into the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, that he die not. Thou shalt make a plate of pure gold and grave upon it. So now we're getting into the substance. Grave upon it like the engravings of a signet holiness to the Lord. So this all started out as a trivia question to a devotion. It, it was simply done to try to be a blessing to somebody. The whole purpose for the devotions in the well no the whole purpose is just my study and i get to study every day but the purpose for putting a devotion one was god told me to do these but it's just to try to be a blessing if i could do one devotion one time and one person ever got blessed and then it would be worth everything ever done the the trivia question is just something to also try to be a blessing is to try to get somebody to pick up the word of god and to read something and and i can't help but believe that somewhere before it's all said and done Somebody would have learned one little simple something about the Bible. One little, listen, the more we know about the Word of God, the better off we are. So everything in that was just put together to be a blessing. But before I ever started the study that morning, I said, God, would you give me a lesson for Sunday that might be a blessing to the people? So the more I studied, this is what God allowed me to see. If God spent so much time, and he put so much detail into a simple garment. Don't we realize how much time and how much detail God put into every area of our life? I mean, if he spent so much time to put everything in perfect place for the temple, which is nothing more than an earthly tent. You understand the temple that he laid all that for and all the dimensions and all the outer court and the altar of sacrifice and the bronze laver and, and, and the brazen altar and, and, and the holy of holies. And God put all of that in for this earthly temple. God put so much time into all of that to make sure that everything was done perfectly. Yet ye are the temple of God. That temple doesn't exist anymore. You and I do. We are where he, God said, make the temple that I might abide with them. God made this temple that he might live there in the midst of the people. And only the high priest could go into the presence of God. But now, all of the Old Testament has been fulfilled. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who has redeemed my soul. I can walk into the Holy of Holies. I can bow down before a sovereign, righteous God. I can make my request known in person. I can walk into his presence. If God spent so much time giving an instruction over that tent that he might come down, is it so hard to realize how much time God spent on this vessel? God loves you. You're not an accident. God carefully, specifically designed your body as a temple, a place where the Holy Spirit of God comes and lives inside of you. He spent all that time putting together the temple, putting in everything in, into perfection, and then he made the garments for the priest, and everything had to be in perfect order. It had to be the perfect length. It had to be the perfect color. It had to be the perfect size. It had to be done in perfect harmony. Everything was put together in perfection. If God put that much detail into a piece of clothing, an article of clothing for a man to wear, don't we realize how much time, how much perfection God spent in planning out our lives? We get so bent out of shape sometimes because things don't go our way. 
we, we've had seven weeks we couldn't go to church. We've been shelter in place. But I'll be honest, that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot of things in this life that, that don't go our way. But things were never designed to go our way. <laughs> things are designed to go God's way. If we just take time to stop and realize how much time God put in us, not just to create us, not just to redeem us, to purchase us, as if though that's not enough, but how God in detail plans what is good and righteous and holy for our lives. Everything is designed, everything that comes our way, everything that God allows in our life is designed to make us beautiful and holy because everything that God allows to come into our life is designed to make us like Him. This is a carefully thought-out design. We run into so many issues because we just don't follow the instructions. We don't pay attention to the details. We, we want to do things our way. Pe people today, they, they want to change. That they want to rewrite. They want to retranslate. They want to reword the Word of God so that we can make this book fit our lives. This book was never made to fit our life. This book was made to shape our life. Th this book was never made to fit our life. Our life was made to fit this book. God gave the instructions in detail. He has designed in his eyes perfection, the temple where God himself planned to dwell. And he has given us an exact detailed instruction of how we're to live our lives each and every day. If we would just stop and take time to look at the detail, we would realize that if we would just follow God's plan, God already has everything worked out. God's never been caught off guard. God has never said, oops. He's never said, uh-oh. He, nothing's ever surprised him. Everything is planned in absolute perfection. God spent days, months, weeks. He spent all this time with Moses to come down to design everything to make all that earthly stuff perfect. God didn't stop being perfect after that day. God is seeking perfection in his relationship with you and I. And what makes perfection in that relationship is for you and I to pay attention to the details. Everything that God allows in our life is for our good and for his glory. He started out making things to make them beautiful and to make them holy. And he's doing the same thing in our life. Everything that he is working in this garment, it is to make it beautiful and to make it holy. So, so while we're looking for some stones, and that's all I was looking for, I just wanted to make sure I had the number of stones right. So while I was just reading right here, looking for some stones, what God showed me is to pay attention to the details. Because God already has everything taken care of. Well, I pray that that's a blessing to the children of God this morning. It certainly is an encouragement to me to, to look and see that everything that God is allowing, everything that happens in my life, whether good or bad, everything, God has his hand on it. Nothing can be allowed in the life of a child of God except God allows it. But it also is a great reminder to those that if you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, 
of how much God loves you, how much planning. Listen, the only problem right now is you're just not in the plan. You're not in the will of God. If you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then you've never been saved, but you can be. You're just out of the plan right now, but that's what the redemptive blood is about. It's to wash away all of our sin, that all things pass away. Behold, all things become new. It's so that you and I become children of God. It is the first step into the plan to start becoming in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you be saved? Well, you trust Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby ye must be saved. Anybody tells you anything different, they're wrong or they're a liar. You can decide which two words. The Word of God is absolute perfection. It is written down, and it says Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. So we start out confessing our sins. Lord, I am a sinner, and we all are for all of sin. I am a sinner saved by grace. All you have to say is I'm a sinner, and Lord, I need to be saved. You can't be saved until you realize that you're lost, and that's where you are. If you've never trusted Christ, you're lost. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm asking you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sin. I'm asking you to save my soul. And here, here's, a, here's a vital, vital word. In Jesus' name. Everything that you do, you come before God Almighty in the name of Jesus Christ. The name which is above every name in Jesus Christ is faithful. You come to Jesus Christ. He is now your propitiation. He is your defense attorney seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession on your behalf. He is your king. He is not just your Savior, but he is now Lord of your life because you trusted him as your personal Lord and Savior. Uh, if you want to put that on a tag, I would love to see what you comment. You watching YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're at, put down there in the comment section, today I trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I sure would love to see it. I, I would love to know that. I'd love to know that God worked through this media, sending stuff around. It doesn't even matter to me what country you're in. It doesn't matter what day. Maybe you're watching live stream. Maybe it's a Thursday night for you somewhere on the other side of the world. It doesn't matter. If you watch this and the Holy Spirit touched you and you trusted Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, comment. There's some people out there right now that are going to rejoice. And we will pray with you and pray for you that God would help you follow his perfect plan for your life. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here with us this morning. Hope to see you back Wednesday night. We'll be right here with the full services. We'll have Awana. Um, Dale will have Bridge. Certainly, I think they're doing that on Zoom, um, as well as Focus uh, on Zoom and the Emerge on Zoom. Everything will be on Wednesday night. I'll be back right here in the sanctuary with the word from the book of 2 Corinthians. Lord willing, doesn't change any of that. We'll be back in 2 Corinthians. Love to see you back. In the meantime, I'll be praying for you. You'd be praying for us. We love you guys. God bless you. Hope you have an amazing day.